Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Good afternoon, everybody. Now, welcome to Q Church. This afternoon and today and this weekend marks our first birthday, everybody. So happy birthday to Q. You don't have to sing. Uh, did you get a cookie when you came in tonight? Yeah? Okay, I just want to say a big thank you, first of all, to our cookie makers. Uh, who was our cookie makers? There was uh, Angela and Amy and Kelly, I think, and Lucy as well. So let's have a big round of applause for them. Excellent. Uh, if you didn't get a cookie, fear not. There should be some left afterwards. I think we've reserved some. We want a, you want a cookie? We'll see what we can do. Um, okay, now, Anthony and Chris are not with us tonight, but I know that they will be watching, so should we pick a camera? How about camera one? If you want to give us some light, Joel, let's give a big wave to camera one. Are you ready? On three, two, one. Hey, Anthony and Chris! I know that they will be watching and they will be with us in spirit. So, okay, what are we doing tonight? Uh, we are on a quest here at Q Church. That is what our Q is all about. And I think that we are on a quest for life. I was just thinking as we were playing that song... I'm going to dream with my eyes wide open. What on earth does that mean? I think part of what it means is we kind of know that we want to live this great life. And I know Jesus talked thousands of years ago about, I've come so you can have life in all of its fullness. But what does that actually mean and look like? I think what we're trying to learn each week is things to help us dream, not like, oh, I'm just dreaming and trying to figure out where to go, but actually dreaming with your eyes wide open so you're kind of figuring out some practical things that can help you live that life because dreams are it's kind of a bit of a paradox isn't it dreaming with your eyes wide open as in you're trying to see where you want to go but also get some understanding that is going to help you get there so that's what we're about tonight now I wonder how often you think yes today I've lived my life in all its fullness or whether sometimes you think there were limits today there were limits on my happiness maybe there were limits on my trust there were things that maybe just got in the way of that life in all its fullness thing. Now, I think we've been on a quest over the past few weeks to explore what those limits might be. Can you remember us talking about wheat and the chaff? Hands up if you remember wheat and the chaff. So the chaff was really important. My dad's a farmer, and so he grows wheat. And the chaff is an important part of that process because the chaff is this protective layer that protects the seed. And it needs to be there for a certain season. It's a really important protective barrier around that seed. But there comes a point where the chaff needs to be gotten rid of so that you can take that seed to the next part of its journey and growth. And I think for all of us, the metaphor is clearly there. There are things in our life that protect us for a certain point in time, but maybe there comes a point where we're like, chaff off. That stuff needs to be got rid of now because actually that's going to stop me going to the next level of my journey. Does that make some sense? Excellent. Okay, now, then we talked about how in ancient times people used to take that chaff and they used to turn it into bricks. Now, what bricks do is they make permanent structures. 
So they make things that are going to stay there for a long time. Now, I think often in our life, we hit periods that are painful. Hands up if you had some painful periods in your life. That was probably not a good word. Let's uh, reword that. Hands up if you had. Just rewind that bit. (laughs) Hands up if you had some painful seasons in your life. Maybe some difficult times. Oh, my God. I'm never going to live that down, am I? (laughs) You'll remind me, won't you? (laughs) Anyway, painful seasons in our life. Now, I think here's what we do. I think when we hit painful times in our life where we've been hurt, we want to put a barrier up. And I think we use those bricks that we've made out of all the stuff and the chaff in our life we should have got rid of. Sometimes we create these permanent structures to stop us getting hurt again. And I think we've all done it. We build these walls. And I think what happens is we don't want to get hurt, so we just go... Hands up if you ever run into a wall that somebody else had maybe put up, and you were like, there seems like there's a wall here. There's There's something I can't get through. I can't get to that person's heart. Or maybe you feel like, I can't get to my potential because I've put a wall there. Okay, life is full of pleasure and happiness, but also pain and sadness. There is a slide up on the screen. Let's have a look at it. The walls we build to keep out sadness are also the walls that keep out joy. Now, what we are not saying tonight is don't have any boundaries in your life. Just let everybody in. And I don't think that's what we're saying. But what we are saying is let's have a look at the boundaries that we have put up and the walls that we have put up. Because actually what can happen is we put these walls up to keep the pain out and to keep the sadness out. But actually they can end up being a prison that stops us feeling any happiness, that stops us connecting with anybody, that limits our potential. Give me a little finger wiggle if you think you can relate to that a little bit. Maybe you've got some walls. Okay, I see that wiggle. Excellent. (laughs) Okay, so your wall might be, I am never going to trust again. Like, I trusted someone before, it hurt, wall. And that, for for a season, might be appropriate and relevant, but there might be a time where that's got to come down. It might be, I'm never going to try again. Like, I've hit this obstacle, it was too hard, I'm never going to try again. It might be, I'm never going to love again. I loved someone before, my heart was mashed, and so I'm never going to go back there. So tonight, I just want you to consider what your walls might be. We've got some great songs, we've got some great videos, and some great talks that are going to help us on that journey, considering our walls. And we're starting with a little video of a guy called Passenger, who wrote a song that's all about the walls that we put up. Enjoy tonight, make the most of it. Thank you. was like in that clip wasn't there you always got a movie condensed into three minutes and we chose that one because it it hopefully fits with what we've said so far that we all put up um walls for sometimes really good reason and there's nothing wrong with having walls I would say I'm somebody that didn't used to have any (laughs) and I had to sort of learn to to perhaps put some up in ways that were helpful to me and if you think of you know, whenever we pass somebody perhaps on the street who doesn't have any walls and no home, we wouldn't say that that was where we wanted to be. But I know, um, I know, and you know, that sometimes the things we put up to protect ourselves and to stop us from being afraid can actually then take over to the point that it becomes um, a limitation. And what we're wanting to sort of spend a bit of time thinking about tonight is how we could possibly find ways into that. Because I know with some of my, um, I, I used to feel very safe and then some, some difficult things happened and I thought, 
thought, well, the world's not very safe anymore. Um, and I know that led me to feeling quite um, isolated and definitely led me to wanting to try and um, make things safe again in my own way. And you find that sometimes your wall is so blocked off there's not a chance of coming out and then sometimes there's a window where you think I can see a glimpse of something out there and then over time you can learn how to build a door and you can learn how actually to find a way to think actually I don't have to stay just behind this wall and I understand what Batman was getting at because in some ways if he's alone he doesn't have to ever experience what he felt when he wasn't alone and it didn't quite work out but actually there comes a point where um, it's time to take a little bit of a risk in choosing to connect to something again that might cause him pain and sometimes it's scary to take a risk isn't it so we think We'll just stay behind here. And don't we all sometimes have our triggers? You'll know what it's like sometimes. And, and if, if when someone just touches a nerve and you feel yourself go... Um, I think of it a bit like an armoured car. You're going about your daily business and then all of a sudden it's like something wraps around you that you think, I see you. I'm going to move with you, but you're not, you're not getting in. You're not getting past here. Um, and actually, it made me think of armor in the general sense and you will have all heard the story of David and Goliath where you got a walking great giant who is intimidating and scary and terrifying and then you've got a little lad who behind the scenes has just been looking after his family's sheep and killing anything that might come and attack it and then one day he knows he's the guy that's got to go and fight the giant and what they do is they dress him up in the king's armor and they say this is what you do if you're going to take on anything bigger than you anything scary anything intimidating this is how you've got to dress yourself to protect yourself and actually what he finds is that as he tries to wear someone else's armor and as he tries to do it in a traditional way it doesn't fit him and in the end, he has to go out vulnerable and exposed and take on what he, he believes and he trusts in that's within him, who he is and who he can be in that moment and actually let his guard down. And I, I do think that that's sometimes for us, the giants in our life and the, the things that we sometimes find the most intimidating, sometimes it's going to take a moment of lowering the armour and being vulnerable um, to sometimes face our own giants. The other thing that we've shared here before is about the dance of the porcupines and I don't know if you've, you, you can recall that but of course porcupines have spikes um, and we all sometimes have spikes to protect ourselves when we need to but if there's ever going to be any more porcupines in the world there has to come moments in time where the spikes are lowered and there's sometimes a thing called the dance of the porcupines where what they do is in the moment of connection they both have to choose to pull in the quills however it works biologically um, and actually connect and the other scary thing sometimes is like well I'm, I'm up for lowering my quills and, and having a bash at this, but what if other, what if other people don't do, do that themselves? I might get hurt here, but I still, still think I'd like to be the sort of person that will risk just going, oh, I'm going to give this a go for the sake of finding a doorway out into possibly something greater than the things that I might be afraid of and um, then stay behind the walls. And so I guess tonight we're asking what, 
what makes you feel unsafe and is your solution to that something that has a way out or is it a fortified wall that no one can get past? And we're going to carry on thinking about that a little bit this evening for the next few minutes. But the next song we're going to sing is called um, And I Shall Live As One Who's Been Forgiven. Because sometimes the reason why we put up the walls is because of how we might feel about ourselves and other people. And because of our focus on our own shortcomings or someone else's shortcomings. So one of the ways that might help you begin to find a way out tonight, if that is you in any area of your life, is to know that you are absolutely accepted. That there isn't any judgment over your life. That there isn't anything that you need to feel unworthy of um, but you're allowed to come as you are take a next step on your journey and having experienced that for yourself that often then gives us the desire to do that for someone else so um, join with us as we sing this song and let's carry on the evening Okay, so we've heard so far that um, what our walls are, what they can be, what they can be made up of. We've heard about how they can be a bit of a disaster to have a wall up and also how they can actually sometimes not be so bad. That actually walls aren't all bad, aren't all negative. And um, I'm not really a theory person, I'm going to be honest. I can, I can do theory if I'm pushed, but when it comes to it, I'm all about practical. It has to make sense to me in my life. And so when I was asked to do this last bit, I was thinking, okay... I need to think about the times where I have had walls, where I have put them up. And I'm going to be honest, it's not really fun, is it, thinking about the times you've put walls up and why you might have done that. Um, and I managed to come up with loads of stuff from back when I was slightly younger. And I was like, I can think of loads of times I've put walls up. And suddenly what dawned on me is that I put up some walls quite recently. And so for all of us here who are now having to consider what our walls are, um, I want to encourage you with something that happened to me. So... Um, for the last 11 years, I have done the youth work here. And previous to that, um, about three or four years, I did youth work here voluntarily and elsewhere as well. And, um, and that has been my job and it has been my identity and it has been what I have been good at. I have been particularly good at it. And in the latter years of doing youth work, I, um, quite a few people said to me on different occasions, well, if you can do this, you'll be great when you're a mum. If you can do this, you'll have this sussed. If you can sort teenagers out, you'll be fine. And, I, you know, I felt fairly confident that I was good at my job. And so I felt fairly confident that becoming a mum would be okay. It would be the next step for me and it would be fine. And on the 25th of July, I brought home this baby to my, uh, my baby, I just want to clarify, I didn't just steal a child, I brought home my baby to my house and probably for about five days, I just stared at her, <laughs> absolutely overwhelmed with the idea that I was going to have to support her mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually for the rest of her, well, at least till she was 18 and probably looking at my brother a lot longer than that <laughs> and how he's been supported. So I look at it and I think, do you know, like... I, I am going to have to look after this small being that's in front of me. I have been charged with taking care of her, and this is not like working with teenagers. Like, this, people were lying. <laughs> this is completely different. Now, I know that the problem with those thoughts that you have in that moment, and I'm going to put it out there and say I'm pretty certain every person who's become a parent has felt those thoughts, 
if you say that to a professional, <laughs> there is a, a judgment that is fairly instant on you. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this baby going, okay, I've, I've got to make a way, find a way to make this work. I absolutely was in awe of how amazing she was. And I'm going to put that out there as well, that she, like, she was my everything there. But the pressure is unbelievable. It is overwhelming. And I sat and looked at her and I thought, I have to find a way through this. And my way through was to suddenly put a system in place that required routine. So it started with a bedtime routine. I was like, okay, if we can get her in bed, I can get some sleep and it will be fine. And so that was my routine. We're getting in bed. And that was fine because that didn't massively impact on anything. But I want to tell you tonight that walls start off with one or two bricks and they build and become massive. My bedtime routine was the foundations for the wall that I was about to build and um, it started with that. Then it started with what I did when she went to bed and how I cleaned the house and how I looked after certain things because what if somebody came round and saw I wasn't managing? So, you know, we're going to do this and then we started to build in meal times and when I was feeding her and despite the fact that I was breastfeeding on demand, it was like, well, okay, it's on demand but I'm going to log it and I'm going to know when she fed and I'm going to start this and what do we do in the morning what's our routine when we get up and suddenly like my wall was like up here and nobody was getting in and I spent the first few weeks being visited by some wonderful people in here who are absolutely lovely and then I hit week three when Joe went back to work and my mum had some stuff to do at home and I was managing and I was surviving with this wall that was like up here and um, it could have very very quickly escalated into becoming something that I'm going to be honest would have been very safe for me and for Ada. We would both would have been incredibly safe. She would have been brought up in an incredibly safe environment, being fed and clothed and with a good sleep routine and educated and all of that. But we would have had zero connection with the outside world. We would have had zero connection with people who are wise, who have been there, who have got experience, who have walked the journey already. We would have been stood there like behind this wall, not being able to feel anything, just numb to what was going on. And so I realised that that was the case. I realised that this wasn't healthy. I realised that when people were ringing and saying, would you like me to come round? I can come about two. I was going, what happens at two o'clock? Okay, well, will they be gone by the time it's bedtime? Because if they're not, how will I get her into bed? And, and then other people were ringing and said, well, I'll come at tea time. I was like, you can't come at tea time. If you come at tea time, everything goes to pot. We're, like, we're in so much trouble if you come at tea time. Oh, well, it's all right. We'll come in the morning. You can't come in the morning. What happens if you come in the morning? So I went into this awful turmoil of like, and this happened very quickly. For me, this was a a very short-lived experience but I am very aware that it could have been awful for both of us and there was a point where Kelly rang me and she said oh I'm, I'm you know we've been trying to meet for ages shall I just pop round and I said yes and I had this moment where I thought I said yes and I look back and retrospect is amazing isn't it but I look back and that was my turning point for me I removed a brick from my wall and felt the breeze come in it was like okay she came around a really no, no really convenient time not at all inconvenient and she stayed for a very short period of time and it was brilliant it was like she came in and she she may, I'm sure she does remember coming, but she came and she brought me a carrier to carry Ada and to try out this like baby carrier. And she left and I was like, I'm going to walk the dog. Like straight away, like she left me with the baby in the carrier. <laughs> and I went, I'm going to walk the dog. I'm going to go. That's not part of my routine. And suddenly these bricks started to move. And I went out and I did things. I felt the air. I felt freedom. I felt every, it was, it was incredible. But I know that for me, there's still part of that wall is there. I still have a bedtime routine with Ada. It's an incredibly religious. We, we stick to it and she sleeps, so I'm not moving it and you're not going to make me. Um, don't even try. But she sleeps. And do you know what? I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's all right. I think an element of structure is absolutely fine. And what's amazing about what Claire brought was, 
when we were discussing this in, this in the meeting on Tuesday, I said, oh, I know what I, we, I could bring. So I've been reading a book that Kelly, again, recommended called French Kids Don't Throw Food. It's brilliant. I, d- I don't know if it's true, but it's brilliant. Um, and in it, I got to this point this week, that, or last week, that where it was talking about um, this journalist goes and visits this mum, and she says, you know, how is it that your children are always well-dressed, they never go out in inappropriate clothes, they're always really like clean and tidy, they don't throw food in restaurants, they're brilliant. And this lady went on to explain that in France, the culture they have of parenting is that they set four or five non-negotiables in their household. There are four or five boundaries that are fairly wide, um, but they set them, and they're individual to the child in question. So this lady, her boundary was, you must get dressed. You must wear clothes. That is the boundary. That's the boundary. And it had a bit of a sub-boundary, she said, because her child liked to wear summer clothes in winter outside. So she said, okay, so this is the deal. This is your boundary. You've got to get dressed in the morning, and we're going to go out. I will pick what you wear when you go out. You can wear whatever you want when you're at home. Right, she said, and that will change as they get older, she explained, but she said, for now, the boundary that this child needs is, I'm going to pick your clothes when you go out, but you can wear whatever you want when you when you're at home. There were a number of others which were, you know, um, you must eat three meals a day. You can pick what you eat, but you must eat three meals a day. And, um, and she went on to explain other, other ones. But at the end of this paragraph, she says, um, boundaries are important, but the freedom that exists within them is equally as important. And the two must exist, coexist together for a child to develop into a functioning adult, That's how she explained it. And um, so what Claire said was incredible because um, what I learned for me, particularly in that moment, was I need certain boundaries in my life to feel safe. I need a certain amount of structure but actually when I when I pile that structure on and it becomes huge I stop functioning I don't function properly I have no connection I feel totally isolated and lonely I don't exist well as me I know that Ada will not grow up to be a functioning adult if we exist in that way um, but I do need a certain amount of structure um, but the good news for everybody tonight is that the kingdom doesn't require one or the other Actually, the kingdom says, when you need safety, there will be walls. And when you need freedom, go for it. It's yours. The kingdom doesn't say you'll be punished for sitting inside these walls and keeping them up there. But what it says is, when you knock a few bricks out, you're going to feel the wind in your hair. You're going to feel the breath that we talked about. And if you are somebody tonight sitting there and thinking, I need, I, I, I've talked about that breath weeks ago. I mean, I can't feel it. I don't know how to feel it. Then you need to knock some down some walls or at least create a point of access through that wall that says things can start to move in and out. There's going to be a flow because you see on the inside of that wall, you're okay and you're safe and there's no punishment. If you want to sit there, you're going to be okay. But you know what? There is so much more outside the walls. You could exist in York, within York City walls and have a great time. It'd be great. There's a lot in York City walls. It's a really good city. There's lots going on. There's places to live. There's places to eat. There's activities to do, but there's a whole lot more outside that wall. And there's a reason they put gates in the wall. And there's a reason they put gaps in the wall. And the reason isn't to say, oh, well, just have a quick peek and look what you could be having. Do you know, the reason is to say you can get in and you can get out when you need to. And God's incredible that he has done that, that he's created that access point, that he said, the kingdom is yours, whatever it is you need of it. But you know what? Don't block yourself off and create something that is so impenetrable that you can't feel the breath coming through because that's where the life is. 
So I guess as we're coming to an end now, our call to action tonight is, what are your walls? Where are you finding them? And we're not standing here and telling you to knock them down. We're saying, you know, push a brick out, push a couple of bricks out, create a gap, create an access point, create a place to go get squeeze yourself out through when you want to. You know, allow something in, allow yourself to feel it, allow yourself to experience it, and not just standing there stagnant. We're going to sing a song now, which we've sung before, called Lay Down Your Guns. And I don't know about you, but I know that, that those first few weeks of having my baby, I had some guns out, and I wasn't willing to lay them down for anything, unless it was within the routine time. Then I would have laid anything down. It would have been like... <laughs> But, you know, I am out of that now, and although I have my small structure going on, I am enjoying living in the freedom of having a baby that is amazing, that she's gorgeous, and I love her, but I was not experiencing all that life had to offer when I sat behind my walls. So enjoy the song. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.